this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. You want me. So let's finish this. Guys? Welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming off the heels of a very successful Scream 6 opening weekend. I will talk about the box office numbers in just a bit, as well as my review of the actual film. Uh, But a little bit of context. uh, Got to hang out with some friends this weekend. Uh, One person in particular who I hadn't seen in a couple of years... She's actually been a guest on this pod before, and uh, it was nice getting to catch up with her, and among our many topic conversations was her coming on this show again, so let this be a tease for a future episode. She probably will be my first guest that I have back on this show, um, to be determined when that's going to be, but it is going to happen, but nonetheless, uh, it was great to see her and hang out with other friends, you know, we... Had a couple of drinks and we all went to go watch the movie, bowl, and all that fun stuff. I had a little bit of a sick episode myself, so I'm a little bit embarrassed. I had to step away so I didn't get to actually finish the film. Um, went back and watched it earlier today, uh, just to, obviously so I can give you guys a review for the show, but also because I was super excited about the movie and I'm just pissed that I didn't get to experience it fully with my friend, so I apologize on, on that end. Um, but anyways, that was, that was my weekend. Uh, don't usually hang out a lot, but, uh, every once in a while I can kick back and, uh, hang. But anyways, let's, uh, let's get to the box office. Enough about my personal life. Um, I think this is a very healthy weekend at the box office and not just because of Scream 6, but let's start off with that movie. It was number one and it opened to a franchise best. 44.5 million. Now we're talking about a sixth film in the series and it grossed higher than the previous movies. So very few franchises can pull this off. So I think it's safe to assume that there's going to be another one. And as I was telling another friend earlier, um, they can make about a hundred of these and I'll probably go watch them. And as long as they continue to be like creative and smart, I mean, 
they're not so much reinventing the wheel, but they're at least uh, self-aware of what they are. So it's very good at poking fun at itself. So that's what keeps these movies fun, uh, sometimes a little fresh, and entertaining. Uh, and I'll get more to my review of Scream 6, but I'm just going to say right off the bat, I liked it a lot, actually. And you're going to be surprised as I'll give you my rankings on what I think of all the Scream films uh, so far. Um, but it's going to be very high up there. Um, coming in at number two is Creed 3 in its second weekend, pulling in almost 30 million, so 27 to bring up its total to past 100 million. And again, this was the third Creed movie. This one also did, uh, historic numbers last weekend in terms of the franchise. The biggest opening ever for a Rocky verse type movie. So again, it's safe to assume that they're going to continue on with this. Uh, this is a big win for Amazon who is getting back into the theatrical game and they own MGM. So I'm pretty sure there's already been talks in the offices about what they want to do with the Creed franchise moving forward and read a couple of articles online about stuff that they want to do with Michael B. Jordan. So that's promising. Uh, although fingers crossed, I hope they get Stallone involved, but that's just me. Uh, coming in at number three was the new Adam Driver movie, 65, uh, which is about him time traveling back to face dinosaurs. Uh, but again, they're set in the future. So they had all the technology and everything. And then going back into the past and trying to combat dinosaurs, uh, had a little bit of a not so big marketing campaign, but did pull in 12.3 million. That's pretty solid considering there was stronger competition in the first and second place movies. So pulling in 12 million is good for the theatrical game. Again, I'm all about the variety. There's got to be different stuff. If you look at even like five, six years ago when Black Panther came out, it would have just been that movie and nothing else. So there's a little bit of piece of the pie for everybody here. So that's good. Uh, at number four, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania with seven million. Uh, it's nearing barely the 200 million mark at already like a month in. So this movie's kind of really flamed out. Still have yet to see it. Um, and I'll probably will, uh, soon just because coming up this week is Shazam Fury of the Gods and I really don't have any interest in that one. So I may take this opportunity to catch up on some stuff that, you know, I mean, I like the first two Ant-Man movies, so I guess I want to see the continuation on that part of the story, but as the overall arc of the MCU, I'm kind of just like a little fatigued on it. And then rounding out the top five at the box office is Cocaine Bear at 6.2 million which after three weeks in release is up to 50 plus million. And I'm sure that this movie didn't have that high of a budget either. So it's already a box office success. It's uh, again, it's one of those mid budget movies that I'm glad is getting the opportunity to be in a movie theater. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Looking at it, uh, 51 million domestic and total worldwide is 65 million. So it's, it's made some change. So, um, that that's good for for our business. So those are the top five movies at the box office. And again, it's just healthy. There's there's really not a clunker here, except maybe Ant Man. But that's already four weeks in release, and it's still almost got into the double digits. So, but again, good for sixty five. There, it's not a high number. And for those of you that say like, oh, that's nothing, but if you look in context, it really is something. But again, the success of Scream Six. And with Creed 3 also still ranking in money, uh, that bodes well for John Wick 4 coming up in a couple of weeks. So, And the early word of mouth of that on that one is that it's incredible. So we'll see what happens. But let's take a quick break. Uh, coming up later in the episode, um, towards the very end, you'll get my top 10 movies of 2022. Now you're saying it's March already in 2023. Why are you doing this now? Well, I used to do my end of the year list um, at, at towards December, right? I would do it then. But, you know, with the Oscar season just passing us by, you know, the actual telecast just happened yesterday. I still have yet to watch it. I still need to catch up on that. But usually the end of the film calendar is once the Oscars finally air. And then we can, you know, start to put our list together for 2023. But as far as 2022 goes, it's officially wrapped now that the Oscars are over. So you'll get my top 10 movies of the year. Plus, I'll talk a little bit about the winners from this past uh, Oscars, which I haven't watched, but I do know uh, a majority of the winners. So you'll get my little bit of uh, thoughts on that. 
And then, of course, the main event of the show, and which will be coming up here after the break, will be my review of Scream 6, along with my rankings of the actual Scream movies and where things stand today. But thank you guys for joining me today. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. Shazam! has been declared a lightning bolt of perfection. So, that's us, right? It's an electrifying adventure that's full of surprises. Oh, my God! Stick to saving the world, kid. Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Rated PG-13. Welcome back to the show. And Shazam! Fury of the Gods hitting theaters this Friday. And just because I'm not going to be, like, watching or talking about it, doesn't mean I don't want to promote it. Doesn't mean I don't want it to do well at our business. Uh, I really do. Um, but the early projections for it are not looking good. They're looking like in the 35 to 40 million range, which for a superhero movie is actually kind of bad. But even though it's Shazam, like the first movie wasn't like the biggest hit either, but it still made, uh, quite a bit of money. And this one's kind of under projected. Um, and with everything going on at DC right now, the restructuring and James Gunn, kind of spearheading a new direction and we don't know what's going to happen especially with a lot of the stuff that's coming out this year you know shazam flash and aquaman are like is this going to be the final time we're going to see a lot of these actors playing these characters and they're going to get recasted we don't really know we we know a little bit of what james gunn is up to but we don't know as far as these characters are concerned and they're probably not going to say anything because warners wants uh these movies to make money but the more uh, the more it looks, uh, some of these people may not be back. So that's just what it is. But either way, I, I still have yet to even see the first Shazam and hasn't really piqued my interest at all. I don't have a problem with Zachary Levi, but I just, there's just nothing about it that pops to me. And these days, I mean, as I get older, I'm just more interested in the stuff that I really want to see and that I'm passionate about. Or if something really catches my eye that it has to like really catch my eye, especially if it's not something that, right out of the jump that I would want to see, like something like the menu. I thought about it a little bit, but it wasn't until I actually saw it that I like fell in love with the movie. And that'll happen with me every so often. So, and I'm not expecting that to happen with Shazam. So it's going to be a skipper for me, but again, business wise, I hope it does well. And if it doesn't, I'm actually okay with it. Cause we got scream six Creed and you know, other movies that are around it that can still generate box office and business for us. So I'm not too, too worried. Anyways, folks, let's get into my main event, my review of the week, Scream 6. Now, it's coming a year later, so we didn't have to usually wait our two, three years for sequels. Feels like it gets faster, but usually in the horror genre, we get one, like, really quickly. Except you're like the Twilights. Those came, like, yearly, but it's very rare. Usually, you take time to wait and, and build up your story and your scripts and all that stuff, but... Looks like these Radio Silence guys know exactly what they're doing because I believe Scream 6 was greenlit even before Scream 5 came out, if I read that correctly. So they had some sort of plan. Obviously, it got derailed a little bit. I'm sure they wanted Nev Campbell involved in this one, but again, it was a money contract situation, so she's not in this latest installment. But of course, I was still super excited. As I've mentioned, I think plenty of times on this pod, Scream is my favorite horror franchise. Even though horror is not really my genre, uh, like in terms of like what I look to as far as like my favorite types of movies, but when it comes to the Scream movies, I'm pretty well knowledge and I've been doing my rewatch uh, along with my girls who have taken a real interest in these movies. So it's been nice to rewatch them and, and revisit them uh, through their eyes and see how they're, they're seeing the movies and they like them they're They have a blast with them. Um, but yeah, so going back to the radio silence guys. And again, I know this movie came really quickly, like a year later. Um, but the story was told really well in this one, right off the bat. Um, this is, I think, the second best movie in the entire series. I think these guys did a phenomenal job in building up the story. And one of the standouts, of course, is Jenna Ortega, who I believe is going to be a huge movie star if she chooses the right path. Um, and what I mean by that is I don't want her to get caught up in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just think she's a really good acting talent, and I want to see her do different types of things and I don't think she'll get to do that if she gets tied up in like Marvel for 10 years where she's stuck playing like one character. But I know there's streaming and all that stuff. So there's all these different projects that these actors can do. But I think even Jenna Ortega stated herself, uh, and I know she just did the Wednesday show and she almost passed on it 
because she had already been doing television. You know, I think she was like a Disney child star, which is why I think why my daughter's really interested in these new movies is because she's kind of followed her career since she was a Disney kid. And, uh, but she's turned out to be the real deal, you know, not just in these movies and all these other little movies that she's done. You know, I still have yet to see the movie X, which I've heard a lot of good things about. And I may, you know, start to invest more in a, a lot more of these movies that I haven't seen before because she's in it and because I'm invested in her career. And I just think she was like a complete standout in this one. To me, she was probably like the MVP. Like, yes, she was part of, of the previous film, but I feel like she was still held back a little bit. Um, but in this one, she gets to really shine as one of the main characters, kind of a little bit more than the main character of Samantha played by Melissa Barrera. But I, I still think she's really good in that role as well. But Jenna Ortega is definitely coming into her own and I can't wait to see her tackle like, you know, a rom-com or just a straight up comedy. We already know she can do horror. Uh, it looks like she's got a lot of range. We watched her this weekend on Saturday Night Live and she's got like the chops to do comedy and all that stuff. So she's going to have a very interesting career ahead of her. And if she sticks to the movie route, I think she's going to blow up real huge, especially with this generation. And um, I've always said we got to get back to building up movie stars. So that way we we won't have to have something like a franchise where you need to stick her in and she can just do like an original movie and you go see it because she's in it. Right, I want to see the new Jenna Ortega movie, you know, just like you would say, I want to see the next Julia Roberts movie or Denzel or Tom Cruise or whoever it is. I think Hollywood needs to start going back to that and you'll get more success out of these mid-budget movies and you'll turn a bigger profit. I think that's the way to go. Um, and I've been preaching that for a very long time, but we'll see how it happens. Uh, but again, she's very awesome in this movie. Um, the return of Kirby from Scream 4 was a nice surprise. Uh, Hayden Pantanier, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She was really good. Um, of course, Courtney Cox returning as Gail Weathers, um, who's kind of really now the franchise on her back as far as like the legacy characters. Now that Nev Campbell didn't come back for this one and David Arquette was obviously killed off in the last one. But she does a tremendous job here and she's like kind of a little bit underrated in this franchise. I know it's more Nev Campbell, like she's the star, but in my rewatch of these movies, like the Gail Weathers character is so severely underrated. She's one of the great characters in not just a horror franchise, but just in a franchise in general. She's done a lot with it. I know the character's kind of a little bit the same, but she still packs a punch in every single one of these where she brings a different element to it. So it was nice to have her back around, even though she's not really the sole focus of these stories going forward. She's kind of just like a a little bit of a salt and pepper type of thing where she just adds more a little bit of flavor to it. Um, but yeah, the movie was just very well made from the beginning and a nice cameo appearance by Samara Weaving, who's been in a radio silence film before. So they brought her in. She's part of that little brotherhood of films that these uh, directors have done. So you know, it was nice to see her. Uh, I like her as an actress. She's another up and comer. See what she does in the future. But man, this story was just well built. Um, the cast is very likable. They call themselves the four core in this one. It's uh, Samantha Carpenter, Tara, Mindy, and Chad. And the core four looks like these guys have been watching a little bit of the OC because they're the ones that are the original core four that if you've ever seen the OC, that's Marissa, um, Seth, Ryan, and freaking Summer. So it was nice to hear that little callback. So when they, they kept mentioning the core four as a nickname, I kept thinking about that. So that just made me smile. And that just gave me a little bit, you know, right away a thumbs up. But uh, the the drama was good. Uh, you know, the kills, obviously. I don't really care about the kills and the gore part of the movie. I just... I like the the nice little twist and turns and the the meta commentary, especially by the Mindy character who's doing like her version of Jamie Kennedy's uh, Randy, and story wise they're related, right? They're it's like their uncle, but Mindy does a good job of explaining to us and and deconstructing and breaking down like the the how these franchises just continue to go on and just explaining the rules of of movies and stuff like that, and it just it it warms my heart because I. I think in the way that she does. So it's a very relatable character to me. 
And it's just a lot more fun to see it played out in an actual movie, in a mainstream movie, right? Like this, cause it's a, it's a big studio movie. It's from Paramount Pictures. And for them to like, okay, them like making fun of sequels and rules and how stupid it is for these to keep going on and on. And that's why I think the Scream franchise can actually continue to live on is because it pokes fun at itself that this bullshit is still going on and how like nobody ever learns and they can't figure stuff out. And, but it's just super hilarious. But again, this was just almost as strong, maybe a little bit probably stronger than Scream 2, where I think Scream 2 still holds a little bit of high regard is in the actual reveal. And I won't, I won't spoil it if you haven't seen Scream 6 yet because it's still hot and fresh uh, in theaters. But uh, the reveal in this one was a little bit of, uh, okay, it's stretching it just a bit, but the entire movie makes up for it in the way that everything gets built up and the the clever little twists and just the setups, the set pieces. The In the trailers, you've seen like the subway scene where, you know, all the characters are in there and then you got a supposed ghost face in there like after them. But they do it in such a suspenseful and clever way that the tension is just there. And it's just one of the best set pieces. That, there's a couple of set pieces in here where they were – just really the tension's really well built up and that's the beauty of these movies that's where they really win me over is they can get you in the suspense and and along with like you know the meta commentary and all that stuff but this was probably you know obviously you're, you can't top the original because the original is the original and you, you can never go back to that it's a it's a once in a lifetime type of thing but as far as like set pieces and all that stuff uh, the new scream is just top notch so I highly recommend it. It's a definitely go watch it with a crowd. You know, you got a couple of scares in there that'll get you and then you'll laugh and you'll, you'll be on the edge of your seat. Cause there's some, for me, like there's certain characters that I don't want to die. And, and, you know, I'm not really like that with characters, but if you get invested in them, of course you don't want to see them die in a horror movie. You want to see them go on and come back for the next one. So again, Great build-up set pieces. The storytelling was good. The reveal at the end kind of – it was a stretch, but okay. I accept it. Um, the meta-commentary, you know, Jenna Ortega is incredible in it. I mean, actually, the entire cast is incredible, including the the return of Hayden Pettinier and the addition of Dermot Maroney is in one of these movies. And he was good as the cop. Uh, and there, He got a little bit of range in this movie, so you'll see pretty good. Um, but yeah, Jenna Ortega is definitely the MVP of this movie. And I hope if they do another one of these, um, that they bring her back at least because she's a force and I, she adds a lot of, uh, charisma to this franchise. Um, yeah. So with that said, it's, it's highly recommended. It's probably going to go on my top 10 this year. I thought it was just that, that strong of a sequel. And for it being part six, that's saying something. Cause usually by now it's like, uh, all right, like it's very rare. When you get this far along in a franchise and the movie's like this good. Um, I can only name a few. Like, you know, Fast and Furious, Fast 6, to me, I thought was incredible. Uh, it's right up there. You know, Rocky Balboa was the sixth Rocky movie. But that was like top three of all time in, in the franchise. So very rarely it happens. But it does. Um, and Scream's doing that. And again, it did the box office number. So we're, it's a safe bet that there's going to be a part seven. And if it hasn't been greenlit already, I thought by now we'd be hearing reports that it would be greenlit, but there's already echoes of it and it's coming folks. I mean, we're, we're in a like, just give me more. If it makes money, pump more content out there. But again, it's a franchise that I love and there's directors behind it that really care about the mythology and care about the canon and mention everything. And that was one of the things that I liked, uh, really liked about Scream 6 was there's a scene where they, map out like the entire franchise and, and they go through all the killers in the movies and i know like something like scream three and four aren't really beloved but they mention it it's part of the canon it's part of the mythology it's not forgotten about you know there's some franchises that go along and they kind of like ignore stuff that happened but you can i mean it's it's all part of, of the lore right even something like cobra kai like karate kid part three was not well received critically but they go back to it and give it context and, you know, give it reason for it existing. So I like that. And I like that a lot here in Scream 6 because it played a lot on a lot of the past uh, killers in the previous movies. So it ties it all up nicely. 
And the only thing that's going to be interesting is where it's going to go from here because it kind of wraps up uh, everything, you know. And I know Nev Campbell did a return, but, you know, I mean, she's kind of had her happy ending already. Um, I mean, she's closed up the, that part of her life, that chapter. So I don't even know if she would come back. I mean, would it just be a cash grab at this point? I mean, I love Nev Campbell. Will I go see it regardless if she's in it? Hell yeah, I would. But in terms storyline-wise, like you don't really need to bring her back. But this is Hollywood, and they can't help themselves. So I'm sure they're going to come around, and they're going to pay her this time, and she'll be back. Um, not that it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying, like, now for sure, and especially that this one opened up huge, the biggest opening of all time of the franchise, it's kind of a safe bet. Um, so yeah, Scream 6, total thumbs up, three and a half stars out of four. It was a very, very solid sequel. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna play well on rewatchability. Um, I already made my pre-order, my 4K steelbook, so, and then again, it's going to go on my top 10 this year, so we'll see how far it lands. But this was probably my favorite movie that I've seen so far this year, even though I haven't seen it, not much, if anything. But this one really, really lived up to the hype, and it was a really well-made movie. So great job to everybody. Now, as far as my Scream rankings are concerned, um, I think I got it nailed down. All right, so at number one, I got the original Scream. Again, I mentioned you can't top it. It's a, It was just so original at the time and so, like, Nothing that had been done like that before as far as like making fun of the horror genre and deconstructing the rules and, and just, just doing it in a way where it was so clever. And it's like, huh? Like I, you couldn't pull that off again now because now everybody does it, right? Like it, just back in 1996, like what the fuck was that? Like how did they get away with doing that? And it was fresh and it was nice to see. And number two, I am, I don't think it's prisoner of the moment. I, I, I'm very careful with not ranking stuff too high um, until I've had some context. But there are a couple of times where, like, I know right away when I'm watching something, like, hey, this is it's kind of special, and it's like you you can just feel it. And Scream Six brought it this weekend, and it's it's superb. It is up there, so I have it at number two. Could that change throughout time? Probably. You know, a lot of my lists as I've gone through some of this stuff, including like the Rocky movies, has changed a couple of times. And that's okay because art is subjective and you grow with the times and you change as a person. You have different opinions and different perspectives. So who knows? Maybe this movie in five, six years won't play as well as I'm seeing it right now. But the way I felt watching it, or rewatching, I should say, after my sick episode, but uh, rewatching it and getting the full my full attention on it, it was just riveting, man. It was so good. Um, I have it high up there as one of the best sequels ever made. Um, at number three, Scream Two, which again, it was one of those sequels where it made fun of all the sequels and not just horror, but in all of film history. And again, it was real smart and a lot of twists and turns and. And again, when I was younger, it wasn't really that high on my list, even though it was the first Scream movie I ever went to go see. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it w it's been a nice rewatch and it's gained a lot more higher on my list. And if it weren't for Scream 6, it would still sit at number two right behind the original. Like, it was just one of those rare sequels that did its job and, and did different things with it. So, that's that. Um, at number four was last year's Scream Five, which revitalized the franchise and brought in new characters that you uh, that you liked. At least I liked them, of course. Jenna Ortega, part of the cast, and then um, you know bringing back the, the legacy characters. All the originals showed back up, you know, and we've seen that done with everything, pretty much almost in pop culture. You know, Rocky into Creed, and you know the Karate Kid characters into Cobra Kai, uh, the original. Star Wars characters coming into these new uh, sequels and you know it's been done over and over and again if you have a creative team behind the scenes that cares about the history of the franchise and they appreciate the mythology and they build on it um, then I, that's going to go high on my list and they did a real good job in revitalizing this and I know Scream was also like a TV show at one point on MTV I never saw it I, I don't think it really had anything to do with the original films, but I could be wrong on that. But either way, I've never seen it. I only care about the movies. Um, but yeah, Scream 5, number 4 on my list. At number 5, surprisingly, Scream 3. 
And that one has had some really nice rewatchability for me, mainly because, and this is where I, I bring up how Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers is actually severely under uh, underrated character in this franchise because she really carries this one. Uh, Nev Campbell's in it, but not as much as you would think. I think there was like filming conflicts with other stuff that she was doing around that time that they were making that movie. So her role is kind of like smaller, although she's still a huge part of the third act. But that movie is highly carried by Courtney Cox and she plays it a little bit more as Monica from uh, obviously from Friends, which is her most famous role outside of this one. But it was kind of like a, a fusion blend of those two characters together. And it made for a really fun movie. Like, I've watched it a lot more times than I thought I would and than in years past. And it's been a lot of fun. So, like I said, lists change throughout time and your tastes change. And, you know, how you see a movie, you know, 10 years ago is not the same when you see it 10 years later. And, I, I mean, not, I'm not saying it happens with all movies, but it does happen. I mean, if you really appreciate film and you study and see different things, I mean, you'll you'll change your opinion on some stuff. And that happens. And that leads us to the last one, Scream 4, which is when it came out originally in 2011, I adored this movie. I thought it was so, so good, and I had it high up there. I don't remember exactly where I had it ranked, but it was high up there. Um, but in my rewatch of, of this one, it doesn't really hold up as much as I thought. Um, it's a little bit too corny at times. Uh, I know it was the last movie made by Wes Craven, so, I mean, there's ideas here. It's kind of a lot of stuff that was done a lot better in Scream 5. But, you know, I'll give them the credit for, you know, at least do, doing the attempt on that. Um, and not to say that it's a bad movie. I'm just saying in terms of the franchise. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. And they probably think Scream 3 is the worst one. But, you know, it's just the same as, like, Rocky 5. Like, I have my opinions on why that movie's not as weak as you think it is and it's not like the biggest piece of shit as everybody says it is um but in terms of the rocky movies yes it's weaker but yeah so with scream 3 for me i just think it's a lot more of a better watch than you would think um it's not as strong as the other movies obviously but it's still not a bad movie same thing with Scream 4. Not a bad movie. It's a good movie, uh, like, on its own, whatever. But as part of, like, the Scream mythology, I thought it was just all right. But anyways, those are my rankings on the Scream franchise. Again, Scream 6 is out and did awesome numbers this weekend, which is, again, good for my business. So just <laughs> bring it on, man. I hope it has a good second weekend. Usually horror movies are front-loaded, but it's got good word of mouth. And, I mean, I think it's just going to continue to grow in this new fandom. And, again, the the franchise has been revitalized. The last movie before Scream 5 of last year was back in 2011. And when Scream 4 came out, it was a dud. Like, it didn't do anything. So uh, we thought this franchise was dead, and it's been revitalized. So I'm happy as as being a huge fan of this franchise that it's back and it's healthy and it's moving forward. That's, that's just, that's good. It's good for the business, but good for me because it's my favorite horror franchise. But when we come back, I'm going to talk a little Oscars and then I'll give you my top 10 films of 2022. This is palace off the top rope. We'll be back this April. WrestleMania. I feel the need. The need for speed. Goes Hollywood. I'm flying, Tiz. Funny how, like a clown, I amuse you, and there's no going back. Let's get the face paint. It's exfoliating. What's with the voice? Welcome back to the show. Let's finish it up with a little bit of Oscar talk. Um, I still haven't seen the telecast. As I mentioned earlier, I'll try, probably try to catch it today before Monday Night Raw as we continue the road to WrestleMania. Um, but the big story obviously, obviously coming out of that show was everything everywhere all at once took all of the top categories, including best picture, best director, best actress, best supporting actress and Jamie Lee Curtis and best supporting actor. So, um, I liked everything everywhere all at once. I don't have a problem with it winning best picture. It's not in my top 10 as I'll unveil right now of 2022, but uh, it was still a fun movie to watch. I mean, it was nice to see it continuously do well at our theaters. I remember when it was out, it was, it wasn't in the biggest auditorium, but would constantly sell out 
And uh, who knows if we'll get a re-release now that it's won Best Picture. Um, I know it's been out in certain theaters. It's still out there. So um, if you're able to catch it, go see it. It's a good movie. It's uh, very entertaining. Definitely the best multiverse movie that there was last year. And that's considering we had Doctor Strange and all the other Disney Plus crap that was out there. <laughs> they did a, a hell of a job in telling a multiverse type story. So, again, no problems with it. Um, but it definitely wasn't on my top 10 of the year. And let's get to that. Like I said, the Oscar season has now come and gone. So now you can officially put your, your true top 10 lists out there in case you wanted to catch some extra stuff. There were some movies I didn't get to see like Tar or The Fableman. So I really, uh, messed up on that end. I'll try to do a better job for the 2023 season. But anyways, other than like maybe my top four or five these are probably in order the others could go either way but these are my top 10 films of 2022 coming in at number 10 glass onion and knives out mystery a fantastic sequel from director ryan johnson who came back to tell another one of these stories with the only character returning is daniel craig as benoit blanc uh, amazing supporting cast i know this was a netflix movie but i was able to catch this in theaters for the limited one week run that it had and it was an absolute blast, man. I had so much fun with this movie. Uh, am I ready to say that it was better than the first one? Absolutely not. I'll still have to do a couple of rewatches on that. But a very strong sequel and very highly entertaining. And, of course, it's on Netflix now. So if you have that and you haven't checked it out, that's definitely one of the movies that you need to see. At number nine, Ambulance from director Michael Bay starring Jake Gyllenhaal um, and Isa Gonzalez who in a very nice little role there. Um this is just straight up like a total 90s action movie that I'm shocked even got made. Um, it didn't do well at the box office. I remember this was one of our first movies after we renovated our new seats for the IMAX theater. Uh, we had it in there and it just completely bombed. And I think a lot of people missed the mark on this because this was a really good action pick. A lot of cool shots, drone shots from Michael Bay, the only way he could do it. So... Um, very entertaining movie. Jake Gyllenhaal over the top and crazy. Um, that's just the way you like to see him unhinged in movies like Nightcrawler and, you know, End of Watch, stuff like that. He's good when he's in that crazy mode. So highly entertaining action flick from Michael Bay, who usually, uh, he's hit or, hit or miss for me. So, but this was definitely a uh, top notch Michael Bay for me. Uh, number eight, Barbarian, which was a surprise little horror hit and kind of one that, you really wanted to stay away from trailers, so if you still haven't seen it to this day, don't watch any trailers or any, you know, just clips to get you hyped for it. Just, just go into the movie completely blank, and I promise you, you're going to be surprised, and you're not going to see what's coming as far as, like, what it's about. And again, on this show, I don't want to spoil it, even though it's been out already. This is one of those movies where I just, I want you to see it, and then you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> or maybe, I, I mean, again, I'm a weird guy, and I'm into weird stuff, so this may not be for you. But, uh, yeah, uh, number seven, I know it just came out last year, Scream, and we've been talking Scream the whole episode, and it's it's crazy how long that it's been, even though it hasn't been time-wise, but this last Scream, that when they revitalized the franchise, they did a hell of a job in telling the story and bringing the legacy characters into it, and the new cast, including Jenna Ortega, uh, I just could not leave this off my top ten, it was a, a really well-fun-made horror film. At number six... Nope, from director Jordan Peele. Uh, I haven't been a fan of uh, Peele's other directorial films. Uh, I thought Get Out was a little overrated, but that's just my opinion. I may need to do a rewatch on that one soon, see if my opinion has changed. Uh, Us, I was uh, kind of mixed on it. Like, I didn't think it was a bad movie, but also, like, I didn't really think much of it afterwards or even in the weeks or months after it came out. Like, And I still, to this day, haven't really thought much about it. But Nope was i think to me highly intellectual and in the lead up to it i you you think it's about aliens and it kind of is but it's also like a, a commentary on hollywood and and the way hollywood treats its current crop of like actors and stuff like that as far as like part of a cog in a machine so it was a nice commentary on that but it was also just a well made movie man jordan peele this is probably his best directorial uh feature as far as like shots and stuff like that cuz some of these 
scenes in this movie are just incredibly well directed and well shot. Uh, he used IMAX cameras so that definitely enhanced it. When I saw it in that format, it was just so well. Uh, I need to buy this one actually. I've been looking for the 4K Steelbook and I missed out. Uh, whenever they were selling these on pre-order, they sold out pretty quickly. So if anyone out there can help me or point me in the direction where I can get a 4K steelbook version of the movie Nope, I do still intend to buy that for my collection because it was uh, one of the best films I saw of last year. At number five, Avatar The Way of Water. James Cameron continues to deliver. I mean, the, not, I mean, the story was all right. It was entertaining all the way through and it's, I think, I believe it was like a three-hour and ten-minute movie, something like that. But the visuals on this movie were just incredible. Where I'm watching it, and it doesn't feel like you're watching a fake, you know, scenery or anything like that. Like when you're watching these Marvel movies, like you can tell it's complete green screen and just takes you out of it sometimes. But when you're watching Avatar, and I saw this in IMAX 3D, I mean, I just there were times where you could not tell, and it just felt like a real world, even though you got like these CGI characters. They're still like in motion capture right they're played by real actors but you can tell it's total cgi but you don't feel that when you're watching the movie and i mean and again the only way to to really feel that is experiencing it in the theater so if you still have avatar out there in your movie theater and you haven't seen i'm telling you it is worth the watch it was a very very entertaining movie um i can't wait to see where james cameron goes next and see what he does with this now that it's a it's a franchise now right because there's two movies um so we'll see what happens in the next one but this this last one was done really really well and it was kind of worth the wait like the little almost decade long wait that we had to for this one so it was definitely worth it at number four matt reeves's uh version of the batman with robert pattinson uh, holy crap, this movie. I mean, Batman has been rebooted how many times now in pop culture? Probably more than any comic book character, and they've kind of pretty much nailed it every single time. Um, you know, I count the Keaton, Clooney, Kilmer as, like, one era of Batman, but I'm talking about, like, you know, they redid it with the Nolan movies. Uh, they nailed it with Affleck, even though he didn't get a solo movie, but they nailed it with him in the role, and now doing it again now for, I don't know, whatever, the umpteenth, time here with uh pattinson and he nails the role it was a completely different batman movie than we've ever gotten before it was more slower paced definitely the most longest batman movie in the entire saga that this character's been around um it was more like noir kind of seven ish style it was a crime thriller it was a little bit more horror aspect to it and and i think that's the only way that you're going to be able to continue to redo these characters is is just put them in fresher settings and do something different with it like i didn't want to get the same batman that i got in the nolan movies and this one that matt reeves was doing so i'm kind of glad that it was a different take on it and i can't wait for the next one and see where he takes this world next i know he's has it planned as a trilogy so we'll see what happens there and then of course we're going to get it revitalized again with uh, James Gunn new direction, they're going to have a new Batman movie made and somebody newer and younger in the role. So we'll see what they do with that take. And then obviously later on this summer, we're going to see Michael Keaton reprise his role of Batman in The Flash. Uh, along with Ben Affleck, who will make one final appearance as the Caped Crusader. So we'll see how that plays out. But the Batman was definitely one of the strongest movies last year. The Definitely the best comic book movie of the entire year, in my opinion. Um well shot too i think uh i think the cinematographer was shut out of the oscars i think that was a, a big snub along with like top gun maverick how do you not nominate that for best cinematography are you kidding me um at number three the banshees of innie sharon uh another fantastic movie that i just had heard a lot of good things about and i finally decided to watch it on hbo max one night i think it was like at two in the morning which i rarely stay up that late nowadays anyway but it was weird i and i just put it on and man what a fucking movie just top tier performances from colin farrell and brendan gleason it's a simple story and the setup and the setting is all very basic but the story is just so strong it's about these two friends and one of them who no longer wants to be friends with the other person and they spend the entire movie just going at odds and trying to figure out each other and figure out the relationship it's just incredible filmmaking incredible acting 
if you're an actor doing that type of movie, like that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff I would like to do as an actor is movies like that. So it's one of the best. Obviously, uh, it was nominated for a lot of Oscars. It didn't come up with much, if any. Again, I have to see the whole telecast to see if it won anything, but none of the major awards for sure. So, but it's still a really, really fantastic movie. So check it out. I think, I believe it's still on HBO Max. At number two, this one was a revelation to me. The menu. I saw the trailer a couple times and I was like, oh, okay, I'll catch that in theaters. That looks kind of interesting. I like Anna Taylor Joy and Ralph Fiennes and Nicholas Holt and, you know, the whole supporting cast was pretty good. Um, but I never got to see it in the theaters. And, you know, I heard different people, I heard mixed reviews on it. And I don't get swayed by people or critics or anything like that. But when I was hearing all this stuff, I was like, kind of like, ah, okay, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. And, and of course, it left the theaters and I never got to see it, uh, you know, with my job always, you know, I'm always working a lot. So there are times where I just don't really want to be at the theater. Um, so I'll watch stuff at home. So I finally, again, turned it on on HBO Max, just like I did uh, The Banshees. And wow, was I floored by this movie. It was so freaking good. And I was, it was one of these movies where afterwards I was so mad that I didn't see this in a theater with people. But I don't know if they would have responded the same way I did to it because the movie is kind of a little weird and there's stuff that's left in mystery. And I like that sometimes in movies. Sometimes you want stuff explained to you, but other times when it just, it leaves it as a mystery and you're left to wonder and just ponder on it and it can be like, it's up to your own imagination. I like that, and this movie had a lot of that. Obviously, a lot of social commentary, but it was just a really well-made, well-acted movie. Um, I'm going to buy this one for my collection. I don't know if they're putting it on 4K, so if so be it. i got to buy the Blu-ray. I'll be a snob and just buy the Blu-ray and don't have the 4K, whatever. That's just me, but definitely oh, one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. And um, again, just out of sheer, like I wasn't... If, sometimes when you go in with like just regular expectations you'll get floored and that's like i didn't have high expect the highest of expectations i thought with the cast and everything i was like okay this could be good but man was i floored by this movie and freaking dark comedy mystery kind of horror-ish um a lot of great elements to this movie loved it a lot and then of course at number one should be no shock to anybody i was all over social media with this movie top gun maverick just what a phenomenon what a what a welcome back to the theaters uh especially for like the different types of crowds of people that were coming to see this movie i mean not just you know everyone's like oh was what about spider-man away home and it made all that money but yeah but we have those superhero crowds we know the people that were going to come out to see that movie but for something like top gun maverick during the pandemic that's the one movie i remember everybody asking me about like a bunch of customers guests Hey, when's Top Gun Maverick going to come out? We've been waiting for so long and, you know, I haven't come back to the movies. I'm waiting to come back to see Top Gun Maverick. And it was one of those, like, I'm never going to forget where I was in the pop culture zeitgeist when this movie, like, I'm going to remember this. The weekend that it opened, IMAX selling out every single day for so many weeks. It was one of the, it was a hard ticket to get to if you didn't buy your tickets in advance it was just and then the movie itself just lived up to the hype visually it was amazing storytelling wise it was incredible it was kind of basic storytelling but done very effectively and tom cruise was so on the money as far as like he wanted to hold this to make sure that it got a theatrical release because the the would-be powers at Paramount were thinking about releasing this on streaming during the 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 darkness of the COVID days, the pandemic. They were going to release this on streaming. like, And holy shit, that would have ruined, like, yes, we would have gotten to see the movie, whatever. But if you experienced this in the theater, how loud and how stunning the visuals were, especially if you got to, if you got to see it in IMAX, good for you. It was a hard, the hardest ticket to get into. Um but man, that was the best way to see that movie because holy shit, like it was just, it was just everything you wanted in a blockbuster. And then at the end of it, it, again, it was one of those movies where everyone coming out of it felt really good. Like it was a moment in time where like nobody was bitching about anything. All anybody could talk about coming out of the movie was like, Hey, that was fucking awesome. Or Hey, I can't wait to see that again. And we had a lot of repeat viewings for this one. So, um, but again, that's, that's just the pop culture zeitgeist moment of it. But the movie itself is incredible. And I've rewatched it so many times. My daughter loves it. And, you know, my kids aren't like big, big movie fans just yet. 
but that one on my little one's list, like she loves that movie. And I think she even watched the Oscars because she's like, I want to, I hope Top Gun Maverick wins best movie. Uh, and I'm sure she's bummed that it didn't win, but she loved that movie a lot. And that, that should tell you something. This is like a, a sequel to a movie from a time where I was barely born. So, um, the fact that it reached like this level of that many people and it brought back a lot of the older crowd who had just hadn't been to the movie since before the pandemic was a win-win for everybody. But again, overall, I thought this was just the best movie of the year. Top to bottom, the perfect blockbuster, everything that you want. The music score, the acting, just the thrill of it. Everything was awesome about this movie. Um, and it's going to play awesome for years to come. It's just one of those movies where it was just a very well-made sequel. And who knows if they'll make another one. But uh, I think this one was very special, and it's a special moment in time uh, when it came out. So, And I'll, I'll never forget it. Awesome. And those are my top ten movies of 2022. Again, my top five are pretty much like I'm confident that those are where they placed. The other ones you can switch around. Um, but for sure, those are my top ten. And if you haven't seen any of those, I recommend them. I don't like to recommend stuff to people unless, like, you know, I'm not one of those people. You know, you like what you like, and you're invested in what you're invested in. And if you try to recommend something to me, like, you really better sell me on it. Because if it's not something that I already want to see, I'm just going to give you the L. Uh, I'll put it on the list, <laughs> which means I'm not really going to watch it. But, uh, I, again, as I'm getting older, I'm picky. I, I, I know what I'm invested in and what I want to see and what I want to invest my time in. Um a lot of my shows are coming to an end, and another one that they announced is coming to an end, Barry, starring Bill Hader. It's entering its fourth and final season. That's an incredible show. If you're talking about – if you're asking for recommendations, that's a TV show. I'm telling you, watch it. It's something that will start off as like, okay, this looks like a basic premise, and then it just goes completely in a direction that you would not expect and in so many different ways. Hats off to Bill Hader. And I cannot wait to see how he wraps this thing up because I know he filmed seasons three and four together and he directed like all the episodes. So he had a vision for it and he knows how it's going to end. It's a show, another show of mine that's going to end on its own terms. So I cannot wait. And I just had to add that in because not everything has to go on forever. And I like, I like it when shows have a, a fitting uh, finale on their terms and not the network saying, ah, we've had enough of this. Whew. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of lists that I did today. That's two countdown lists that I did. Screams and then my top 10 2022 films. Uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up here. Again, you can find this podcast on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Um, I think Google Podcasts as well, Pandora. Um, I, I think it's linked up all there. I think so, <laughs> having restarted all this thing. I'm pretty sure all my stuff was saved, but if not, I'll go back and hook up all those other platforms for you guys. Um, you can also download the Podbean app. You can listen through there. You can leave feedback. Download the episodes if you want to listen to and you're while you're at the gym or you're on your car ride to work. I re- really appreciate it. And again, any feedback, any constructive feedback is is great for me as I continue to try to grow as a podcaster. I appreciate appreciate it so much. And God bless you guys. And we'll see you on next week's episode. Take care.